0: Good morning, it's May 21st, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book of the same name. Today's title is Aslan. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. At the sound of his roar, sorrows will be no more. When he bares his teeth, winter meets its death. And when he shakes his mane, we will have spring again. C.S. Lewis, The Chronicles of Narnia Susan, Lucy, Edmund, and Peter are trying to save Mr. Tumnus from the White Queen in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mr. and Mrs. Beaver have come to their aid, but they tell the children if there's any hope at all, their salvation must come from the ruler of the forest, Aslan. Is he a man? asked Lucy. "'Aslan, a man?' said Beaver. "'Sternly? Why, certainly not. "'I tell you he is the king of the wood "'and the son of the emperor beyond the sea. "'Don't you know who is the king of the beast? "'Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion.'" "'Oh,' said Susan, "'I would thought he was a man. "'Is he quite safe? "'I should feel quite nervous about meeting a lion.'" That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. Then he isn't safe, said Lucy. Safe? Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. C.S. Lewis's Incredible Chronicles of Narnia is a seven-volume allegory for man's relationship to God and the salvation that has been offered to him by grace through faith in Christ. Aslan, the great lion, is of course Christ. The beaver's quote above is one of the most theologically astute and significant in all of literature. Why on earth would anyone think of the Son of God as simply safe? Sometimes it is convenient for believers to forget that the God of the Old Testament is the same as the New. Christ is I am. He is part of the Trinity, the Alpha, and the Omega, and was there before the formation of the world. Would one not tremble before the creator of the universe? Yes, he is the loving, compassionate, forgiving, humble servant Christ of the incarnation. But he is also the God who destroyed the Egyptians with plagues and the inhabitants of Canaan before the armies of Israel. More than that, he was there when Adam and Eve rebelled. He was there when Moses was on the mountain and Aaron allowed the people to worship a golden calf. He was there every time the chosen people forgot him and turned to other gods down through the centuries. He's the same God who punished those who rebelled with often horrific deaths over and over. It was he that used the surrounding nations to eventually utterly destroy both Israel and Judah when time and time again they failed to repent. They certainly feared the Lord in the sense that they were afraid of him. They would go through the prescribed rituals to try to keep him appeased, But this was no different than what the Moabites, Amorites, Ammonites, Philistines, and others all did with their made-up gods. They had no sense of a loving God who made rules to keep them safe. They only knew the terrible might of the gods who could destroy them in a moment. The Israelites could certainly see that their great lion wasn't safe. They just forgot that he was also good. Those of us who were raised in the Protestant church are familiar with the Apostles' Creed. On the third day he arose from the dead and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. Even as a child, I remember distinctly being conscious of Jesus, not as just Savior, but as judge as well. What I didn't understand until later was that while fear for Christ is appropriate in the sense of awe, we need not be frightened of him as the judge. He is our perfect high priest, our perfect intercessor and our faith has clothed us in his righteousness so that we can come before the judge unblemished and holy and unafraid, hallelujah. Not only will we be judged favorably because we are in Christ and there is no condemnation for us, Romans 8, 1, but the Lord is a very present help in trouble. Don't ever mistake our savior for a pussycat instead of a lion. People love to quote James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Do you really think that when you stand in front of Satan and tell him where to go, that he will run from you? Do you really think that's true? You think the devil is afraid of you? Trust me, he won't flee. He'll swallow you whole. How can that be? Because the verse that everyone quotes is usually recited incompletely. Verse 4-7 opens with these words, Therefore submit to God. Believe me, the devil won't run when he looks into your eyes, but he will certainly turn and hightail it when he notices who's right behind you. The devil understands the fear of the Lord when he sees that you're standing securely between the mighty forelegs of Aslan. Aslan said, Lucy, you're bigger. That's because you are older, little one, answered the lion. Not because you are? I am not, but every year you grow. You will find me bigger, C.S. Lewis in Volume 4, Prince Caspian. You would not have called me unless I had been calling to you, C.S. Lewis, Aslan in Volume 6, The Silver Chair. If one is nervous, there's nothing like having your face towards the danger and having something warm and solid at your back, C.S. Lewis in Volume 3, The Horse and His Boy. Dear Heavenly Father, Help us not to make the mistake of the Israelites in simply fearing your power, but forgetting your goodness. Your love for us is what allows us to face hardship and evil in the world, knowing that you are as warm and solid at our back as Aslan's mighty chest. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.